It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my pack commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon. It is Tuesday. A gloomy morning is given away to a Sunday afternoon in the Twin Cities. My name's Sam Ekstrom. Show is late today, and there are excuses to be made, and they are all technology-related. We're still awaiting a day in our society where technology and computers are infallible. That hasn't happened yet. Had a great conversation with Arif Hassan this morning. On time, would have had an episode for you at the normal time. And due to extenuating circumstances with that conversation and the file, two-thirds of it was compromised. Too long to explain, but basically it went from full-length the Hassan interview and a darn good one, I might add, down to something like three questions with Arif Hassan. Gotta live with it. Before we get into that, I've got some news that you might want to sit down for. A former Vikings draft pick out of Louisville, coming off a season-ending knee injury, has been waived. For those of you who thought it was Teddy, and I hope it wasn't too many of you, you can pick your jaw up off the floor. Vikings have waived B.J. DuBose the former sixth-round defensive end out of Louisville who tore his ACL last year in OTAs and did not play. He didn't develop very well for the Vikings, and he has been released to make room for their new offensive guard that they signed from tryouts. That's the newsy item of the day. And now let's hear from our good friend Arif, who joined us for much longer than the seven minutes you're about to hear. One of our favorite contributors to the program on Twitter at Arif Hassan, NFL. He writes for ZoneCoverage.com. Good morning, Arif. Good morning, Sam. You write a training camp guide annually, uh, which is very long and very extensive and very thorough for the Minnesota Vikings, correct? I don't know if I would call it very expensive. Um, Let's just say extensive. I might have missed out what you're saying, but yeah, yeah, I do. Now... I think I'm going to make a plea here for you to begin the rookie camp tryout guide, because if you had done that this year, we might know something about Freddie Tagaloa, the new behemoth guard that the Vikings just signed. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, that that caught me by surprise. Um, I mean, it, it seems like it would be appropriate, right? Because every year the Vikings seem to sign a tryout guy. I mean, it goes all the way back to, to Marcus Sherrill and Adam Thielen, guys that weren't undrafted free agents but were tryouts 
uh, that made it to the 90-man roster. And those two in particular, of course, uh, ended up becoming significant contributors to the team. So, you know, maybe that, that, that would be a smart move. Yeah, it's really weird at rookie camp because the Vikings don't even go to the trouble of giving the media a roster with the tryout invitees. They don't have a name on their back. And they're basically unidentifiable unless you have some kind of lead on Twitter or if you heard beforehand they were going to be there. It's really hard to know what to look for. So I had no clue that Freddie Tagaloa was even in attendance, but I guess he is a 6'8 guard. That's taller than Alex Boone. And I don't know if he's going to be a contributor in any way. I don't know anything about him, but I guess that's the news of the day. In more of a general sense, Arif, now that you've seen what the Vikings have done, on the offensive line. The dust is settled. They, they bring in two free agents and two draft picks along that line. How do you feel about it now? I feel a lot better. I'm not going to argue that I think that the offensive line is going to be an average or above average unit at this point, but it does seem like uh, they've made some pretty significant strides at you know, the, the weakest positions, left tackle, right tackle, and to some extent, uh, guard. We'll see kind of what happens with guard there, but in general, you know, you, you take a look at, you know, the biggest points of failure across the Vikings offensive line. It wasn't necessarily at center. It wasn't necessarily at left guard. It was at left tackle and at right tackle, mostly because of injury, and uh, also at uh, right guard from time to time. So you take a look at what the Vikings have done this offseason. It looks like they've certainly upgraded those positions. They didn't fill them with elite players, but it, it looks like they filled them with players that will be able to hold the line. And what's really nice about you know, evaluating offensive line play is that you don't necessarily have to, you know, have the best individual players along the offensive line. You need to make sure that you shore up those points of weakness because an offensive line is only as good uh, as its weakest member. That's very well put. I think the the first unit on that offensive line is fairly set in stone. I've been saying that for a week now that it, it feels to me like Reef Boone, Elfline Berger Remmers is probably 70% chance going to be your, your week one offensive line barring injury. But that second unit and the preferred backups, I think, are the more intriguing subplot because you've got so many options. You've got Clemmings. You've got Searles. Where does Easton fit in the mix? Where does Danny Isadora fit in the mix? How about Willie Beavers? You've got so, some guys in there that have position flexibility. Where do they opt to play them in training camp? That's what I'm going to be looking for. Are there two or three guys kind of in that second tier that you think uh, the Vikings should keep around on this 53-man roster? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to sort of figure out, especially because I'm a little bit worried about the depth that they have along an offensive tackle. Uh, you know, Searles and Clemming both have experience at tackle, but the experience isn't you know, particularly optimistic. It, it, it is a little bit, you know, uh, hairy. And, of course, Willie Beavers has, has experience playing tackle in college, but they generally see him as a guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the players that I'd expect them or want them to keep, definitely Jeremiah Searles. I think that the fact that he, you know, played pretty well in his one game at guard is, you know, encouraging. And I think that, you know, the Vikings should uh, continue to uh, covered that kind of depth. I think uh, one player that might surprise is tackle Rashad Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he might be the answer that that you're looking for in terms of depth at that position because it is not just poor for the Vikings but poor across the league. So those are two players, you know, that I really want to take a look at. Uh, and then you know, I like Nick Easton, and uh, I'm kind of intrigued by you know what Danny Isadora can bring, but I'm a little bit uh, less optimistic about those two specifically. Switching gears to the A topic on everybody's mind, the quarterback. Honestly, 
Have you ever seen a fan base more divided, more split between two quarterbacks on their roster of which one they want to be the future of the franchise? Because it's every other person has an opinion and every other person is Team Teddy or Team Sam and there's really no majority. It is it is basically a divide. I frankly don't know where to stand on this either. There are so many twists and turns. I know you've always been a big Teddy proponent. Is that still where you're at? And how do you feel about the current state of the quarterback situation? You know, it's obviously dependent on, on how Teddy's injury recovery goes. You know, the only news that we've really had about him that gives us an indication of what the team feels is somewhat negative, the fact that they didn't pick up his option. But that's, you know, that's not enough information for us to go on in terms of where he'll go in the long run in terms of his injuries. So that one's kind of difficult, but I think that if they were both healthy, you know, I prefer Teddy a little bit, not just because he's younger, but I think that you know, he's a little bit more dynamic. He has the ability to navigate pressure a little bit better, and, and, and he's significantly better on third down. And even if, you know, uh, you, know you kind of – you know, mute out his uh, his improvement uh, at the deep ball that he showed in the preseason before going down. I think that the the difference in the deep ball that, that Sam Bradford provides, I don't think, is enough to overcome sort of the consistency and reliability, you know, that Teddy has the ability to bring. But that's just, you know, that, that relies a lot on his ability to to come back from injury. And I, and I think that's kind of the, the contingent moment. It's kind of difficult because, you know, fans love Teddy. You know, he was drafted in the first round. Uh, you know, his personality is you know, pretty magnetic and charming, uh, and, and he's shown pretty significant growth of the Vikings. It was pretty easy to get attached to him, and then, you know, this happens, and it's it's in some ways a good thing because you wouldn't be having this, uh, you know, conversation if uh, if the Vikings didn't get such good quality play out of Sam Bradford after they traded for him. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you'd like to have some sense of, of, of stasis. Always a treat to hear from Arif. He is elite at Arif Hassan NFL on Twitter. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Tomorrow, I will be touring the Vikings' new practice facility in Egan. You can watch for pictures and descriptions, zonecoverage.com. We'll also discuss that on Thursday's show. Say Rosenfels on tomorrow's show back with us. And remember, you can advertise on the show, lockedonvikings at gmail.com to get connected. We would love to hear from you and help you promote your product to a growing, largely male audience. Subscriptions on iTunes also welcome. And if you like the product, if you like that it's free, if you like that it's every day and year-round, leave us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Locked on Vikings and the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. 
From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer, to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.